0: In Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits. At the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Game. Spotting for three. The place is gonna erupt. Oh, Deuce Bello! He's gonna make Sports Center with an incredible. Jervis Jones, game winner, got it! And it's over, ball game! Touchdown to one 25 yards! JJ German for the win! He got it! JJ German and the Bucks
1: have shocked the Bulldogs! And the sidekick. Shout out to my What's your name, man? I told you! It somebody. doesn't matter what your name is! You're handsome, you have the perfect amount of scruff, and you still have no talent.
0: It's Sandos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. It is Friday morning as we get ready for a football Saturday, 7.30, ETSU versus the Furman Paladins pregame show at 6 o'clock. Jay Sandoz, Mike Gallagher with you, and today we focus on the game itself. We will take a little bit of a break uh, with the route tree with Austin Herrick, but he will help break down the game with this. uh, We'll talk game first segment. We'll talk game third segment. We'll get into bold predictions, which still talks a little bit about the game. The four segment, this is all things ETSU football versus Furman. We'll touch very briefly on uh, some other sports that are in action over the weekend uh, concerning ETSU. But for the most part, it's ETSU, it's Furman. Last two years, Furman's came in 0-5 and beat the Bucs 52-7. Then last season, they were 1-3. The Bucs were the second game of a seven-game win streak. That was a 56-35 uh, victory for the Furman Paladins. Certainly ETSU. Uh, needs to defensively get things going. Uh, the big thing to me when I look at those two box scores, ETSU had like zero negative defensive plays, and that's unusual because the Bucs are very good defensively. They certainly defensive line has played well. secondaries play played well. There's a lot of things you can point to, and I would be very shocked if the Bucs didn't at least have a few negative plays going into this matchup on Saturday night.
2: Well, after holding VMI to negative 28 rush yards, uh, and sacking Reese Yudinsky eight times. Uh, to not have a negative play would be an absolute shock. And they've got guys up front that can make plays in that backfield. year, Player, of course, and Jason Medua fakwa uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, as recently as a couple weeks ago, this year Player uh, said in the press conference on Monday that he didn't feel like he was playing great football. I mean, you look and he's all over the field. You know, he's in the backfield seemingly every other snap. So uh, the man holds himself to a very high standard and he's joined by a ton of talent on that defensive line and in the lineback and core as well and uh, then you have the five interceptions and you know some of that's Jared Folk's in the linebacking core also but um, with you know the secondary playing as well as it did and really identifying the ball knowing where they were on the field and closing a lot of ground they showed that they can do some good things as well so I don't think there's any chance that there's no uh, negative defensive plays from ETSU's defense. Uh, Without a doubt, this is the best that this defense has played coming into a Furman game, and I think this game is going to be very close. ETSU doesn't get blown out here at William B. Green Jr. Stadium. They don't do a lot of blowing out either, but that's all right as long as you get the W, right? And so there's 0% chance to me that this gets out of hand one way or another. I think it'll probably be a one-possession game, and it'll come down to who makes the plays at
0: the end. ETSU's defense just given up 16.7 points per contest inside the, the green, if you will, in seven uh, contests so far in the history of the stadium. The other thing I would say is two freshman quarterback for Furman, new offense for ETSU. I don't know how that counteracts it. To me, it's going to come down to both teams have had a hard time taking care of the football. Furman has yet to force a turnover. Now, again, they've played to some high-level competition on the FBS and FCS level. ETSU has turned it over uh, negative. uh, I think they're negative two uh, as far as it goes overall in the season. Turnover margin. Furman's minus five. Who can take care of the football? Who can capitalize? And I think big plays. I mean, we've certainly seen – Furman in this series come up with some, some big uh, touchdowns in the run game and the pass game. ETSU last season, Austin Herring sets a school record. We'll talk to him a little later. But uh, he sets a school passing record, uh, you know, 434 yards, a couple 100-yard receivers. Randy Sanders is uh, on record is saying, look, they're, they're going to give you chances to make plays down the field. Can you hit those for scores or are those incompletes and you put your so- offense in a bad spot at second and ten, maybe third and ten?
2: Adam Walton on Facebook Live makes a great point. This is a good barometer of how well we have progressed as a program since football has come back, is what Adam says. And if you're on Facebook Live, uh, drop us a comment and leave us your thoughts on the game this weekend, because uh, I think that that's a very good point. Uh, And Randy Sanders has talked about this being um, a game that we mentioned it yesterday. 20, 30 years down the line, you talk about And in order to meet some of our goals, we're going to have to uh, win out and and things such as that. Uh, It will be a good barometer, because Furman, in their first year under uh, Clay Hendricks last year... I I mean, going to the NCAA tournament, now, this is not an easy opponent. I don't care how many guys are in or out of that program. Clay Hendricks is a very good football coach, and despite the youth offensively, I think that for them this is going to be a good barometer of how they are going to perform this year as well. So for both teams with so much on the line this weekend, I think some of that will will come into play as well for the first time really. For these teams, especially um, especially when it comes to Furman, I think there will be some real nerves. Uh, now, of course, going into Elon, I'm sure they thought they performed better with it. That game getting out of his hand as quickly as it did, that kind of took the pressure off, and it was like, well, okay, I, now we're going to have to have a miracle in order to come back. For ETSU, of course, VMI, that was a highly pressurized game, so uh, a little bit less so on uh, ETSU's side of the ball. But that, that being said, VMI had lost 19 games in a row, so are you really going in thinking we're going to be in a 27-24 dogfight? Now they probably went in, um, I don't want to say taking them for granted like they did in 2016, and players have fully owned up to that, but uh, I think some of it was, you know what, this is a Friday game, Uh, it's kind of a weird circumstance, and they've lost 19 in a row, so uh, we should go out and take care of business, and it was a lot closer than they thought it would be. But this game will certainly be for both sides the measuring stick so far this year.
0: When you you said one possession game, I I think it will be a close uh, contest as well. Normally when that happens, special teams, right? Something could happen in the kicking game. The one thing I think ETSU does have a distinct advantage for sure is in the kicking game because they return all their, their specialists. The only person they really lost was the holder, Nick Sexton. We've seen Marion Watson fine through the first three or four games. I don't think he's had any issues. He's actually handled a couple bad snaps, if nothing else. But – you return your, your punter, Marion Watson. J.J. German's going to be the all-time uh, greatest field goal kicker in ETSU history. The next one uh, puts him past Jerry Chapman for most made field goals. I think he's only five extra points away off the school record as well, so he, he's going to get that. Uh, I think Landon Kunak kicking the ball through the end zone. J.C. Hollinsworth was an all-conference punter a year ago for Furman, and, boy, he really changed the field a couple of times against the Bucks and the rest of the league. They're going now with the uh, – uh, uh, Grayson Atkins, who's a 5'10", 180-pound sophomore, he's doing it all. Kickoffs, place kicking, punting, we'll see. He's missed a couple field goals. Now he's missed a 48-yarder and a 50-yarder, so it's not like he's missed chip shots. But he's 0-2 on the season. Punting numbers, again, down from an all-league performer. So we'll see how the special teams go. And ETSU made a step forward last week, I thought.
2: Well, and certainly building momentum special teams-wise coming into this week. I think the strongest part of both of these teams' games coming into um, – into Saturday, I don't, I don't think it's special teams. I think it's defense, despite the fact that Furman has given up, uh, what, 90 points in their first two games. Uh, Clemson and Elon, a couple of very good teams. And as we mentioned, you know, uh, once you weather the storm and kind of level things out, their defense hasn't been uh, as atrocious as it would appear, despite some of the mistakes against Elon. For ETSU, the only facet of their game right now that isn't clicking is the offense. And Randy Sanders does you know that. He said it time and time again that that's going to be the last thing to arrive because they're trying to do a lot of new things. Um, I think the time-off's interesting, and, and the comments that both coaches have made coming up to this week um, ha, have kind of given an insight into how they spent the extra time that they've had. Clay Hendricks said, well, Colgate does a lot of similar things to what ETSU um, does, so it wasn't like you had to completely scrap everything uh, and start from scratch um, when we were looking at Colgate versus ETSU. So maybe they didn't get a full second week of preparation, but if you average out kind of what they were able to take from the uh, the Colgate prep, I'm thinking that they probably got an extra you know, 30 36, 48 hours on top of finding out on that Wednesday afternoon that they weren't going to play Colgate. For ETSU, Randy Sanders said it wasn't a whole lot different um, going from uh, Friday to Saturday or Saturday to Friday in terms of game time, but Friday to Saturday in terms of being able to start your week one day earlier. He said you just basically split the time that you would have spent on Sunday between Friday and Saturday to make things a bit easier on the players and and for coaches as well, um, which is something they deserve after having to uh, bump that game up to uh, Lexington on Friday. So uh, that's very interesting to me as well. I, I think defense Offensively, despite the fact that I'm uh, predicting this game to be a very high scoring offensive affair, there's a possibility that's a 17 14 game, a 21 17 game, because uh, defense has been uh, the best part of these teams so far this year.
0: I think uh, the ground game for ETSU will be very important in this one. ETSU not having much ground game last couple of years against Firm, but now, again, it's been sort of a shootout. Things have changed. Uh, and when you throw for a school record 434 yards, I'm guessing it's just hard to, to pick up a couple hundred yards on the ground. But that's been where ETSU has struggled. Randy Sanders to figure out ways to, uh, with that offensive line and, and Coach McCutcheon to. Uh, get those guys on the same page, get more holes in. I think the running backs are, are a huge difference. I think everyone can see Quay Holmes and Jacob Sailors are, are going to be special talents for ETSU. They're going to be here unless something changes. You know, the, both those guys could split some time over the next four years. They do things differently. Holmes, a bigger back, can certainly get you some in-between uh, the tackles. You are. He's shown the ability to break tackles. He's a kick returner. We saw him be a little agile as well. Saylor's more the, the home run hitter, right? I mean, he's a guy that can catch a little swing pass and, and all of a sudden he makes a guy miss and he goes 30 yards down the field. or He can get a little yards in between. He's a little shifty now, but he's also ran over. The 22-yard run I go back against Mars Hill, he, he – he kind of sidestepped the guy, made another man miss, then he lowered his shoulder and carried a safety and a cornerback an extra five yards to finish the runoff when it was second 20 to pick up 22 yards on a first down.
2: It's kind of interesting the dynamic shift this year, and I think this is another reason that the offense is lagging behind the defense and at least last week the special teams as well is you had your weapons on the outside, right? You had your Vincent Lowe, your Drake Powell, and um, Austin Herrick was finding those guys and really putting up some big numbers, and he didn't have the running game. I mean, they're up almost 100 yards per game in running Rushing the ball this year, right now fourth in the league in rushing. I think it's 168 a game. And last year, I ended the year at 69 yards per game. So a lot of your weapons are more in that backfield. The 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 Quay Holmes, the Jacob Sailors um, that you mentioned have some really dynamic things that they can do with the football in their hands. So uh, I think there are going to be, as Randy Sanders said, those chances on the outside uh, with. Um, with Keith Coffey, uh, with some of the other playmakers that ETSU has at the receiver position with Quan Harrison. And um, we've seen Logan March. He missed a couple of those so far this year. So, can they connect on both ends it's not just the receivers getting open it's can the quarterback find him he's he's had the time he's created in the pocket he's not been in the dirt very often so with the offense being so much different than last year and being predicated on a lot else that they uh, haven't been prolific at really um, at any time since football has come back yeah it's very different and the adjustment period has shown but uh, with Holmes with sailors expect some big things there and even as you mentioned with the passing game it could be a best of both worlds type thing where they try and get guys open in space out in the flat
0: well i think the most shocking thing last week was the the, when logan marshy did hit hit receivers where he should they dropped the ball And, and you know you look at a guy like colby kelly i don't know if he's dropped Two balls an entire season, even in practice included. Let alone what happened to him there. I think that's an outlier. I think he'll be fine. Not having Ari Wartz, I think, was a, was a big deal. A guy that's a that's a senior. He's played at the FBS level. I, I think he's been in those games before. He seems to me, watching him from afar, he loves to compete. And I like guys like that. So I think if he comes back this week, I know uh, last week he he was out. They were slowly trying to work him in. Hopeful that he can go on Saturday. As of uh, right now, no word on if he'll be back or not. And then I think the other important thing, the defense last week, even though they forced six turnovers, I think they were on the field for 88 plays. Oof. And I think that, that just can't happen. Uh, and they were up to the task, and, and it was enough to get a win. But I think they can't play – Eighty-eight plays. I think Dwayne makes a, a good point on Facebook Live as you're listening. Santos and Sidekicks podcast. You can download us on SoundCloud. You can also do it on iTunes. Just search Sandoz and the Sidekick. You can subscribe to our RSS feed. We try to go Facebook Live every day. Mondays are tough because of press conference, but Tuesday through Friday, we try to at least provide uh, a Facebook Live for fans to try to interact. And I think Dwayne makes a good point. Getting back to that, trying to have the offense sustain drives, not turning over, trying to get the defense arrest. Because certainly Furman is going to play physical, right? And I think Coach Hendricks will play that interview. We played yesterday. We'll play the interview again Saturday during the pregame show. He's pretty frank about they're going to try to get downhill. The offensive line is going to fire off the ball. Coach Billy Taylor was very complimentary. Coach Randy Sanders was complimentary. The Furman's offensive line and how they can attack you. So, the – best thing to keep that defense fresh is for the offense to put not just points on the board, but sustained drives. I know it's great sometimes you get a two-play, 80-yard, you know, you get that 65-yard bomb that goes in for a score, but it's also nice to have a 10, 11, 12-play drive to give the defense a little bit of rest.
2: And it's not only the physically taxing part, it's mentally taxing with Furman and everything they do on offense. You know, it's not a Citadel-type option attack, and it's not a spread them out um, type thing either. So with needing to be... At your best mentally and physically, and you're going to be—you're um, going to have so much demanded of you on Saturday, as you are every week, but especially against a Furman offense that has had the pattern of success and has um, not shown that quite yet this year. Uh, but I think with Clay Hendricks, we'll get on the right track um, relatively soon. Hopefully, it's not this Saturday, but they will need to be at their best, and they—yeah—they yeah, they can't be out there for too long.
0: The game will be on ESPN Plus. Uh, I'm sorry, ESPN Three. This one is actually on ESPN Three. Not Plus, so if you have a cable subscription or satellite subscription, you should be able to log on to the Watch ESPN app and watch that. If it was on ESPN Plus, you'd have to pay the extra 4 dollars or whatever it is a month. But with ESPN 3, uh, you should be able to get the game if you have a, a cable subscription or um, a satellite subscription. I will say this. I
2: have ESPN Plus, and it's totally worth the 4 I, I know it's an inconvenience, You know, especially everyone's used to everything being on ESPN 3, but I have it, and you get so much content. It's unbelievable.
0: So uh, there, there's an unofficial plug for ESPN Plus. Uh, they can sponsor us whenever they want. Yeah, yeah, you can get it once you do. So, how about this? We'll step aside for a timeout. We're going to talk uh, Route Tree. Routry. Austin Herrick. One segment, we'll do the Route Tree with him. The other segment, he's going to help us break down the Saturday contest. ETSU. Versus the Furman Paladins again. Don't forget the Santos Sidekick, the podcast you can download on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Subscribe to RSS feed. You can also on Twitter if you follow Buck Sports Radio. We put it up there as well, and it's easy clickable back to SoundCloud for every uh, episode that we have. This is episode eighteen. Back with the Route Tree after this timeout. This is Santos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network.
1: Get ready to get your game on with the Tennessee Lottery
0: and fill up your day with fun. Like when you need to upgrade the fun on that road
2: trip.
1: When you could use a little, did I just win $50 fun? Woo, yeah! Or when you like to add a side of fun to that next snack. Mmm, wow, that's good. Would you like some fun with that? Oh, well, yeah. Then play the Tennessee Lottery. And for just a dollar or two, you can get your game on. Please remember, play responsibly.
2: Citizens Bank and our growing lending team are excited to support the game broadcasts of the ETSU Buccaneers. We are proud to provide a lineup of options that fit the needs of local businesses, whether it's an expansion loan, remote deposit service, SBA loan, or treasury management services, we can help your business grow. Visit our website or your local Citizens branch to speak with a qualified lender to learn more. From everyone at Citizens Bank, Go Bucs! Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender
0: looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards we're allison outdoor and we're the new guys in town whether it's digital or traditional billboards our locations span the tri-cities if you're looking for high exposure for a day a year or anything in between we have rates and packages for you Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423 360 4809 or AllisonOutdoor.com. And go, Bucks! I feel like day after day, it's all the same.
2: I know there's more out there. I I just can't reach out and grab it. (laughs) Does that sound
0: crazy? Um, no, but I'm a butcher.
1: Perhaps a nice seafood
0: dinner would help? Gosh, that sounds great. Excellent. I'll steam some shrimp for you. Really? No
1: one's ever said that
0: before. At Food City, our butchers can't solve your existential crisis, but they can offer a ton of other great services you won't find at most other grocery stores. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Today and every day,
2: the Johnson City way.
0: Sand the shine kick, Jay Sanders, Mike Gallagher way over there. If you're watching on Facebook Live, man in the middle, Austin Heron, because we'll get into the route tree next segment, but we're going to break down the contest, almost said today, the contest tomorrow, ETSU versus the Furman Paladins. Obviously last year, Austin, uh, a, a big day for you. You were able to, to throw the ball around and uh, guys made some plays for you.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, that, was a, that was a really fun game. Um, <clears throat> also a really physical game. I don't know if I've ever been that beat up in my life, but – um, you know, we were able to find some things and exploit some things uh, on their defense. And, um, you know, I think we'll take some of those similar things in the game plan this year. But um, last year, I, in my opinion, that was probably our best offensive performance since we've been back um, as a program. And it was, uh,
0: also, there was also some well-designed plays. Guys were There was also some athletic plays. And anytime you can throw a screen pass and get a lineman thirty yards down the field, they'll take out two guys for an eighty-yard screen pass for a touchdown. I'm sure you love to see that.
1: Yeah, Alex Rios. Uh, that was a huge block. Uh, he was a special player, really fun guy to play with. He always had something to say to the other team. Um, so we miss Rios and um, one of the best teammates I've had here at ETSU.
0: I think the most interesting thing so far this season has been the. Transformation, sort of that offensive line, and, and what Coach Sanders, uh, I guess, schematically with him and Coach McCutcheon, been able to do. Last week was the first time in four years zero sacks.
1: Yeah. And now I know there was a little bit of a uh, uh, Logan got out of. of Unfortunately for you, for sure. because you've been behind most of the. Yeah, that's, no, so I, that's, I, I that's I the bad yeah, part. Yeah. That yeah. stat was going up everywhere, and I'm like, man, I was the guy taking all those sacks. <laughs> so I got part of that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know how to. But,
0: but to, to know that you're going to have some time. The other thing is ground game. To know you got a ground game to know that you're going to be able to, to trust line. And, again, it's unfair, and I've said this on the broadcast many times, it's the line takes the brunt of, the, you know, hey, there's sacks given up. But a lot of times you can go into maybe detail. It, tight end is supposed to do, you know, maybe not go for a route, stay in a block. Running backs. It's very important that they pick up blitzes, and so far this year, they've done that. Sometimes the line is doing their job, but it's a back or tight end that doesn't do it. You get a sack, and everybody's like, "Oh, the offensive line!" But it's not always the offensive line's fault.
1: Exactly. Um, you know, there's five man protection, six man protection, seven man protection. Sometimes even eight. Um, so five man, we hardly do, and that's just five offensive linemen. So typically, we're in six man or seven man protection, and that means there's a running back and or a tight end. So it's not just the guys up front. It's the, you know, the skill players with the running backs and tight ends making those blocks, and those are really critical to, you know, getting protection back there and having time uh, to find the open receiver.
2: You've gotten some action in each of the last couple games. I want you to talk about uh, leaving a defensive back in the dirt in Neyland Stadium after lowering your shoulder and almost ending his life. Uh, And also (laughs) the two plays at VMI uh, that preceded Logan Marchie running one in. Um, I'm sure just uh, awesome to be out there, especially in Neyland Stadium, uh, to be able to get that opportunity. A well-deserved, of course, considering all of the time that uh, you put in at the starting quarterback position. And then at VMI, that was kind of a crucial sequence there in the game.
1: Yeah, you know, Neyland Stadium playing out there is pretty cool. Um, you know, I was able to see some guys I went to high school with in the stands, and you know, some former teammates here in the stands, and that was really cool. You know, I've probably watched twenty or thirty games in that stadium, and then pulling up to it in the bus, and then going in the uh, the away locker room you know, after the, or before the game, I was thinking, regardless if I play or not, I'm going to take a shower because Nick Saban showered in that locker room. So, so, uh, you know, it it was really cool to get out there. But, uh, one thing I, I told my family was once you're out there playing, you know, you don't realize it's Neyland stadium. It's just football. So that was pretty cool. And then, you know, last week, pretty strange situation. Um, you know, they called my number and I was not warm at all. So I ran out there and, you know, threw a little, you know, dink and dunk pass over there to Sailors and then handed the ball off, and uh, Logan goes out there and runs a touchdown. So that was pretty cool to kind of set that up and, you know, get us rolling offensively. Did
2: you know what was going on at the time, where like an injury to Logan or it was like a retape or whatever? Or was? He sh- you saw the low hit, and I'm sure you kind of, you know, on alert, just like oh, I might have to go out there, better get ready just in case. Did you have any inkling that that was going to be the case where you entered?
1: Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I came out for halftime for whatever reason. I normally wear a hat on the sidelines just, you know. For the, the optics look of it, it's a good look for sure. yeah, exactly, because so, <laughs> that's what backup quarterbacks do, right? Yeah, you yeah wear the you hat. You got to wear yeah, the sure, hat. Sure. So I came out for whatever reason. I didn't have my hat on, so I was kind of ready to go. And uh, you know, they <laughs> said Austin, you know, you're going in, and I was like, okay, whatever. So go out there, and um, I really had no idea. Yeah. So it was uh, it was good to get out there for a little bit. I,
0: I also want to say that. Uh, how did captains are chose? Do you guys choose them every week, and your your team or do the coaches choose the captains?
1: Um, coach coach announces it on Tuesday.
0: Because I, at Nealon Stadium, mm-hmm. you were one of the four captains yeah. that got to walk out there for the coin. How was that? Just knowing again the respect that you get uh, from the staff and everybody to say, you know what, here's a kid. he deserves to be captain, and and you're out there uh, to be captain Nealon Stadium. What was that like at the coin toss? That stadium?
1: was pretty cool. You know, going across and shaking those guys' hands and. You know, being being in that stadium, you know, the first home game of the year for them, so there's a lot of people there. Um, that was really cool, something i always remember. And, um, you know, I went with tails because it never fails, but it did that day. So <sighs> I actually lost the coin toss, so I'll remember that for a while. Come long. on, man. boy. Come yeah.
0: on. All right, let's talk a little bit uh, X's and O's. Uh, you're, you've been in the meetings. Obviously, I'm going to ask you for trade secrets. If, if, if you were to uh, – talk about some things that were emphasis this week for Bucks offensively what was it trying to just back to the
1: basics pitch it catch it or what were some of the thoughts yeah you know I, I think there's some you know their defense is really physical along with their whole team they play a physical brand of football and so um, you have to get ready to play for those games is it in a finesse game this is going to be one of those games where you're going to see some big hits you're going to see you know one offense trying to work it down the field and then maybe you know hit him with a play action, go over the top. So offensively, we have to establish the run game, continue to to get that run game going for it to open up the pass. And then, you know, with our skilled players, you know, getting open, running the right routes, and not just running the right route, but running the route the right way. Um, You know, attacking leverage, you know, getting open, creating separation for Logan to, you know, make easy throws. Um, Because some of those throws against VMI were really tough because guys were draped over the back of receivers, and that makes his job tougher than what it needs to be. Um, also you know with with quarterbacks we got to go through our reads, go through our progressions, and you know make the right throw and the right kind of throw so um, that was kind of the um, the emphasis for this week, you know, getting the fundamentals right, and then schematically, I think you'll see some different things from us this, this week as well. That's the
0: one advantage I do I do like that the relationship I have with the coaching staffs so of most of our sports. I can go in and watch the coaches' film, and so I asked, I said, "Hey, let me see the 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 three interceptions just to see what you know sort of was going on." And uh, you you talk about time because one of those was a, a timing play to Keith Coffey he got jammed up and I honestly got held and yeah, said but he grabbing the jersey and he's laid out of the break next thing you know and I don't know again um, you being a quarterback, you know, you you're timing, you're getting ready to throw, and he's not there, and then that changes, you know, I don't know if you're trying mm-hmm. to hang on. But the ball sailed a little bit, but yeah. Keith was not going to be there. And part of that was because he the timing of it was disrupted, all of that, and mm-hmm. Matt Wilson talked about it on our broadcast. But, you know, I think it's easy for people to say, oh, my goodness, you know, quarterback just sailed it there. But it is yeah. a little bit of a song and dance because the receiver, you're expecting, especially with a timing route, you're expecting, yeah. you know, so many steps, turn, throw, you work on it every day and practice. If that timing is disrupted, then that's when you see sometimes interceptions where people are just looking, oh, what's the quarterback doing, and not necessarily uh, his his fault.
1: Yeah, we ran that play probably 15 times you know, in our scout periods against the scout defense, and so um, every time, you know, you can hit your third step and let the ball go because no one's holding Keith, but, you know, you get in, you know, the first drive of the the game and someone's all over him, it disrupts the timing a little bit, so you know just getting used to that getting in uh regular season form which I think we're still working into I don't think we've played you know a complete game yet there's always been some you know we left some plays out there on the field so we're trying to get to the point where we're in you know that that mid season form so um, getting to that point and getting used to that timing and, and things like that will be huge for us. And I think you'll start to see some of that this week.
0: Furman has two uh, physical guys. Uh, they got a couple of guys that's physical. One in who who's an all-conference player, but he's a he's a little more average size, if you will, five ten, one eighty. But they've got a couple big. I mean, they got Brian O'Kay is six four, two twelve, and Brandon uh, or Bradford Lemons, who's a converted wide receiver, is a cornerback at six three, one ninety two. Those are big guys for the for. Division – high-level Division One football, let alone FCS level.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, those guys are big. Um, one thing that I would look at, and I don't mean this as any slight to those guys or Furman, but if you're that big, you know, typically you'd think you'd be at, like, you know, a big-time school. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be something missing there maybe. But those guys are great players you can watch on tape, and they make plays. And I think, as you mentioned, the most – you know, the best part about those guys they're really physical. They come up and make plays in the run game and, you know – kind of like what happened to Keith last week. Those guys can jam you up out wide. So it's going to be really critical for our receivers to get good blocks and you know get off the press because that's something they like to do because they're so long and physical.
0: How big would it be to get a guy like – and I was talking about him uh, last segment, but Ari Wartz just because, A, he's a bigger guy. But the second thing is he's a senior, so he's he's been there, done that, and he's played – FPS level so how is if he can go this week how important would he be back to the offense as a guy
1: oh Ari's Ari's big especially for a week like this you know those guys can try to jam him up but he's just as long um as them and he's just as physical as them so he'll be able to work he creates a great you know matchup breaker for us over the middle kind of like a Rob Gronkowski I know you like the pads so um he's kind of that guy for us he opens up the middle of the field and Ari's a great blocker. The cool thing about Ari that I like to watch is him on special teams. Um, against Mars Hill, he looked like a man amongst boys running oh, yeah. down he there. He made the, and kick the, kick, the kickoff, I right? Mean, yeah, it, it's incredible. So I always get get up and watch the uh, the kickoff team to see Ari run down there and blow some guys up. So. It, it,
0: it seems to me in a booth, I've said this it before, it, it, I think you can tell when guys love to compete. You know, And in football, it, it's harder than basketball because basketball, I'm courtside, so I can see different things, can hear guys – talking a little bit. The one thing about Ari is you can definitely tell he likes to talk because his head is constantly moving. I don't know what I'm – sure, I'm sure he's asking what everybody's going to do for dinner later that night or something. But it seems like he really likes to compete.
1: Yeah, Ari, he loves football, loves the game. And, you know, ever since he stepped on campus, he was the guy who's wanting to go throw, always do, you know, extra work. And I've always admired that about Ari. And um, we've had some good com- uh, conversations. And um, I think he uh, he's going to get a shot to play at the next level, and I'm excited to see what he does with that.
2: We've speculated a lot about what kind of game this will be, and you talked about it's going to be physical and everything. If you were to project a score, if you were to talk about – Well, uh,
0: really what he wants to say, is it going to be high scoring or low scoring? Well,
2: what, really... what I'm looking for, it, because these defenses that look so good, offenses on each side have, have struggled a bit. So I'm curious your opinion, and Randy Sanders has said, well, we think there's going to be some chances open. Can we convert on it? We'll probably dictate how the game goes offensively for us. So what would be your thoughts looking at both these teams, knowing your team, looking at Furman and the tape and having played them a number of times? How do you project it?
1: Well, I remember firm in the last few years has been really dynamic on offense. Um, personally, I don't think they're as good as on offense as they have been. That doesn't mean they're not good. Just means the past few years they were really good. Right. And so I remember going into last game, Coach O'Kane said something like, "We can't. We're going to have to score more than thirty to win." And you know we scored 35 and we still lost by almost 20 points or more than 20. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that that will be the case this year. I think Coach Sanders is probably the best play caller in FCS, maybe in FBS too. It's fun to, you know, listen to him, call plays and, you know, predict, ah, oh, this will get six or this will get 18. You know, he, he's really strategic with that. Um, and so I, he's going to dial up some open plays. Now, us executing them, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. But... I really believe that you know, those shots will be open downfield. There will also be some, some runs we hope to break for long gains. So, you know, I, I don't want to ride the fence here, but I really think it could go either way. You know, I could, I could see us blowing up on offense and, you know, putting together that 35- or 40-point game, but I also could see it, us grind it out and be a 17- to 14- or 17-10 win.
2: You, you, you mentioned a good play caller. What makes a good play caller for those that don't know?
1: Well, I think poise, um, because actually, I got to call the plays the last drive of the spring game okay. while I was playing, um, so I felt like Johnny Unitas out there, you know, <laughs> I'm out of breath telling everybody what to do, um, but you, I kind of got a taste of it, you're like, you ride the emotions of the game so much, maybe even more so than a player, because a player, you just listen to the play call and go execute, but, you know, you you kind of get frustrated. Ah, oh, we didn't get that play. Well, we got to get him back. But you have to stay calm, cool, and collected. Um, and, you know, Coach Sanders um, has a lot of poise. You can tell he's been in those situations and big moments, and um, he knows exactly what he wants out of each play call. And, you know, being on the headset some and, and listening to him call plays, and like I said, you know, let's just get four right here, set us up for a good second and six. And and setting up plays. Having a goal for each play. Exactly. And and I think he knows exactly what he wants out of each down and distance. Um, And he's got, you know, a set of plays just for, you know, second and eight or second and four. And so he's got, you know, all that experience and all that poise. I, I think that's a really big advantage for us. Those
0: are really good insights.
1: We'll step aside for
0: a timeout.
1: Uh, we could talk to Austin uh, a couple of hours. Behind. i got
0: several more questions I'm going to ask him later off air. But uh, we'll, we need to move the Don't show monopolize along. monopolize the right. <laughs> and the sidekick. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. We'll be back with the route tree. Uh, a little fun segment. So, we talked uh, football. Route tree. And now we're going route tree. Where Mike Gallagher's just been really wanting me to shut up for ten minutes so he could get to this. So, we'll step stairs. aside for a timeout. When we come back, to route tree. Mike Gallagher, Austin Herrick, right for this timeout. This is ETSU Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network.
1: Nice Wonger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families.
2: With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family.
1: To learn more, visit NiceWongerChildrens.org. That's NiceWongerChildrens.org.
2: state of franklin road in johnson city here's the deal at wendy's every hamburger is made with fresh never frozen beef now here's the big deal you can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef along with small fries and a drink for just five dollars when you download the wendy's app and the real deal that's a whole lot of delicious wendy's food for just five dollars download the app today
0: Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. At participating Wendy's for a limited time.
2: Mullican Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with mullicans pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson's County locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by
0: Carlin, and Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring.
2: New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football head man Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks Jay Sandoz still hosts from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640 The Extreme Sports Monster.
0: The route tree: Jay Sandoz, Mike Gallagher, Austin Herrick. This is uh, the brainchild of Mike Gallagher. I'll let him take over here, but you might have to explain it one more time. Just Absolutely, for, it's just been for a couple folks weeks tuning in. That's right. Yeah, I'm a, bitter that you didn't stay back from uh, the game and you were joining the <laughs> route tree
2: last week. Yeah, you get gear priorities right? yeah. Austin uh, Herrick's the quarterback of the ETSU Buccaneers. 33 consecutive starts. Now in a backup role the Logan Marchi and the route tree is predicated around his experience as a quarterback, but also in his future as a professional in athletics. And so, how the route tree works, since he's had to diagnose route trees his entire career and we'll have to go a number of different routes in his profession. who knows you might even have to uh geez coming up soon here decide on some routes professionally yeah. um i, I won't uh, put you on the spot now to to try and decide one because you've got a lot of decisions to make <laughs> uh, as it is right now on the field uh, but uh route tree is going to give you a number of different scenarios over the course of this football season from history whether it be coaches whether it be organizations whether it be quarterbacks themselves um and different ways that their lives the unfoldings could have gone and uh, I think the first one two weeks ago John Elway mm-hmm. uh, was the subject um, I can't remember exactly what you chose but it was the, it was the right choice because I think the second scenario I had you read made you look
1: like a fool yeah no I, I decided to go play baseball for the Yankees.
2: That's right. And uh which was great. I think they won like seven championships in my scenario or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Don so you, yeah, you, did, yeah, you, you did. did. You played next. Yeah, you played next season. Some, well, some that's of the what grades. I
0: like is that you get to determine what what the ultimate outcome is for something that's fake. Well, of <laughs> course. <laughs> no, I what what,
2: what would the fun be if that wasn't the case? And Austin does not know these scenarios at all, and so I have one similar. I'll just say that it's similar to the first one because it has been 2 weeks, so uh, it's a different person that is being featured, Uh, but we start on the route tree with a number of questions that Austin has to answer in order to diagnose where he will end up going with this person's uh, route tree, uh, shall we say. First question I have for you this week, Austin, what is more important to you, and some people may say that these go hand in hand, money or success?
1: I think success because it brings money.
2: Success because it brings money, okay. Do you imagine yourself being sensitive about your age as you grow older?
1: Yes, I'm already sensitive right. about my <laughs> age.
2: Okay, uh, so you, are, uh, you want success, and you also um, are sensitive about your age. Well, we're going to give you um, this one, uh, because you have chosen your route, Austin Herring. Please read that.
1: I, ancient 25-year-old Brandon Whedon, having <laughs> failed miserably at my dream of playing Major League Baseball, peaking at a high A and posting a 19-26 and 26 career record, I'm here to announce that I'm moving on to the next part of my life, retiring from baseball, and will never go back to college because I don't want to be the old guy everyone makes fun of at the back of the class. That's kind of me right now. (laughs) Um, Instead, I'm going to hold a private workout for NFL teams that are interested in my services, despite not having thrown a football since high school, and hope to show them many of the abilities I did when I led my team to the state semifinals when I was much younger and a more confident player.
2: So the Cleveland Browns showed up to that tryout. Mm -hmm. Not a shock. But with Derek Anderson, Ken Dorsey, Brady Quinn, and Bruce Gradkowski, this was circa 2007, already on their roster, Cleveland believed that they were set at quarterback and would not sign you. Instead, you would be out of options in sports, so congratulations. But you decided to start Whedon's Weed Whackers, a lawn care service, and it was incredibly successful because people loved the wordplay. So you still had the success, and it did bring much money. So well done there. Now, uh, the second scenario
1: uh, is right here. Go right ahead. Okay. I, Brandon Whedon, would like to thank the New York Yankees for – here we go, the Yankees again. It is for selecting the Yankees yeah, again. For selecting me with the first pick of the 2012 MLB draft. It is truly an honor to be recognized at the tender age of 18 years. Very tender. <laughs> As one of the top players at the amateur level in all of baseball, while I would love to join such an impressive organization, I feel it would be best for my future to develop my skills at the collegiate level and learn under the mentorship of those at Oklahoma State on both the football field and the baseball diamond and make a decision at a later date as to which sport I choose to focus on. I feel with my ability to succeed in both sports, I will get a clearer picture of which sport I can compete at at a high level and after I spend time at such a tremendous institution, learning from the slow talking less miles and perhaps I'll even be lucky enough to be coached in my senior year by (laughs) a completely sane Mike Gundy who is a man and he's 40. He
2: is completely uh, sane as well. Yeah, He's
1: so, also
0: sensitive about his age.
1: By yeah, going, exactly. by going, <laughs> There's a lot of sensitivity about age around here. So
2: by going to the college level and dedicating time throughout your four years of both sports, it would become clear that football would be the better option for you, and with the brain's ability to learn at a higher rate at a younger age, I'm sure. I feel that certainly. I'm, you're, if you think you're the old guy in class, I'm, I'm extremely old for my program. I'm sitting in the back of class being made fun of, and my brain is moving at a snail's pace because that's how it is when you get older, as you can he, say, Jay
0: Sandoz. I got my master's degree last year. You weren't even like house, close. You were in some of my classes. You couldn't have been the oldest guy.
2: How snail-paced was your brain moving? How difficult was getting that master's degree
0: for uh, you? Uh, very, because I would talk to you, and you did a paper, punched out like an hour, <laughs> and I was five hours into it. Well, you've seen my text, right? Well, you haven't yet, but you've seen my text and emails, correct? Uh, Yes. Yeah, so we, yeah. well, so imagine on me on a writing. Of those yeah, 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 and, and let's, let's think about that being an actual uh, paper that is supposed to be, you know, of is that program accredited either. that you were in? I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Well, just make sure. Okay. Yeah. One of the, one of the many fine programs knows, here at
2: ETSU. So uh, since you did have the ability to focus more of your time on football, because keep in mind, Brandon Whedon, and this is maybe why he didn't have success in either sport, had to divide his time but really in segments of his life between football and baseball. So you'd enter the 2005 NFL Draft, and if that rings a bell, you would eclipse Alex Smith. And Aaron Rodgers is the top quarterback selected that year. Alex Smith would fall to 24 to the Packers. Aaron Rodgers goes one spot later to Washington. But because Dan Snyder's a bottom five owner in all sports, he'd throw Rodgers into the fire right away. Wouldn't have the benefit, Rodgers, of working four years behind Brad Favre. Um, And starting from day one, uh, Rodgers' confidence would be ruined, and he would never be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. As for San Francisco, Whedon would be... The greatest triumvirate, the third and the greatest triumvirate of quarterbacks in the league, Young Montana and wheaton And the 49ers would win four Super Bowls, including one over the Patriots, meaning the San Francisco 49ers would have 10 Super Bowls, the Patriots would have 90, and the 49ers would be known as the greatest franchise of our generation, and all of the NFL, and not the New England Patriots. And it all comes full circle, doesn't it? Do you even
1: like baseball because
2: he's giving you a lot of base- – I mean, are you a baseball I'm hoping guy? not to have all of them with baseball. But there's just
0: right, so Right, because they're dual and there arms. are a lot of decisions. Yeah. Did you ever there's play baseball? a lot of decisions. I
1: did. Um, I played baseball until fourth grade. I played travel <laughs> ball and uh, – I was stuck in the outfield. I pitched a little bit, but... How's
2: your um, arm, though? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, your arm's good. We've seen it on the football field. Just never translated.
1: Yeah, no, I I just didn't give it time. I, I really wish I had 11 or playing. 12, I mean, so you... I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're asking him <laughs> to talk Fair about development.
2: Fair enough. <laughs> well, I don't know, I mean... I you're going to be one of those dads, aren't you? I, oh, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> sure, you sure. So, now, how, where's your stance on either doing one sport exclusively or splitting your time between
1: sports? So, my or sophomore year... I stopped playing basketball, which is my favorite sport to play. Um, And I completely regret it. So I think you need to play as many sports as you can. I think it helps with injury prevention because you're, you know, getting used to different motions and different movement patterns. Um, I also think it's just the right thing to do because you're a kid. And, you know, if you're going to be a a college athlete, you know, two more months working on your sport isn't going to be, you know, the make or break deal. You know, keep playing as many sports as you can and just have fun. They'll I, find you. They'll I, find you. They if you're good enough, they'll find you.
2: I need you. to find a guy that did, was a dual baseball basketball. I don't know if a lot of those guys existed. Daryl Strawberry was one back in the day. He used to play basketball as well. Uh, Bruce Trambarger, on one of my broadcast for the E Twins this year. Bruce Trambarger, of course, does color for basketball and used to play at Old Miss basketball. He he told me some great stories about him and Daryl Strawberry because at 16 years old, he was the official scorer for the Kingsport Mets. Wow. They would go and technically break Daryl's contract and play basketball in one of the nearby gyms he, while yeah. Daryl was in uh, high a, or high <laughs> I, th- ball. I think
0: Dave Winfield was the last. Dave made, phenomenal. Uh, how, uh, and I'm surprised he's a jump player, right? Yeah, from well, Minnesota. Yeah, University right? of Minnesota, yeah. yeah. One of, of the biggest athletes of all the, time. The, um, the other one I was trying to think of, um, well actually there was a guy I went to high school with and uh, I used to live with his family because my, my mom didn't drive and dad worked third so it was mm-hmm. tough to get to wherever you're going. Yeah. And so uh, I used to, during the week it was easier to stay with him. He actually played college baseball and basketball so he would do a little bit of uh, fall baseball until basketball started, and then he played basketball until basketball was over, and then uh, for two he did that for two years. And then basically, his junior year he decided just to play basketball because he was like, "Well, I get there twenty games in, then I then I got to still figure out how to get in baseball shape." And I could crack the line. I mean, he always ended the year as the center fielder, but it took him a while to get into that. It's just yeah. such a hard deal, unless you're yeah, just a special season. Line. I'm yeah. trying to think, like, uh, Rusty LaRue, I think, was the last uh, uh, Division One player that lettered in all three sports at Wake Forest. He was the starting quarterback. He was a basketball player, actually on those teams with Tim Duncan and then wow. we were at Wake Forest. And then his last couple years of uh, college, they came to him and said, hey, I heard you could pitch a little bit. He's like, yeah, I could throw it. So he ended up pitching, um, wow. and, and really just he played every sport until he ended up played the other one and uh, ended up playing with the Chicago Bulls for a couple of years uh, basketball, which was not really his his sport, but he was a long-range shooter. I'm yeah. trying
2: to picture you as a basketball player since you're a lefty. Were you the Nick Van Exel crossover lefty that could hit the three? Were you the Rafe LaFrentz big man that could hit the three? Or were you in between? Were you the Zach Randolph from the mid range and working down low?
1: So in southeast Tennessee being, you know, 6'2", 6'3". You were three, center? I was, I was a big man. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I played one through five, um, but I was more like a, a JJ Reddick. I'd just stand in the corner, oh, come yeah. off screen, shoot the three. Not a great you know man-to-man defender, good team defender. I'd play help-side defense sure. and all that, sure. but wasn't the guy you wanted guarding the other team's best player. But you were a knockdown shooter. If I was open, I could hit it. If
2: you're yeah. open, okay. That's so, okay. So now, just to recap for the route tree, and for those keeping track at home, you have now sent John Elway to the Yankees and Brandon Whedon into the weed whacking business.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, just I can stand behind track. both of those. Absolutely, yeah. I, I do too. Roger, I, Roger's I, one of my favorite I, segments.
0: Is, is Brandon Wheat not in the weed-whacking business right now? That's a fair question. Maybe that's
2: a real thing that I just yeah, absolutely
0: – subliminally you read that yeah. somewhere? Yeah. Just,
2: okay, all right. Austin, so I plagiarized that from actual Brandon Wheat's life. <laughs>
0: same, uh, same time next week, guy. You good? All in. All right, ETSU Furman. We'll st- well, actually, we got. We'll t- give a little bit more talk about that, yes. and we'll go bold predictions, right? Bold, bold predictions. predictions. We're tied in the
2: standings. We got to break that tie. Well, and I'm, I'm going sure. to in my favor.
0: Uh, I already. I, I've won up on you already. No, it's no. Like it's, what? I took the Browns last night, and I said Baker Mayfield to come in and. Catch two-point no, conversion. Yeah, no, did. didn't Yeah, happen. sure it did. No, <laughs> Jacob's, that. Jacob, sure. Yeah, he'll, he'll sure Jacob's got that. Jacob, will yeah. I'm sure Jacob's got that. He's got my back. I've got a sign time. I did call a
2: tie last night between Jets and Browns. That almost worked out. Anyway.
0: All right, we'll do uh, bold predictions and our final thoughts on ETSU, firm. and Big thanks to Austin Herring. This is Sanderson, the sidekick. Don't forget you can download the SoundCloud, iTunes, also Facebook Live Tuesday through Friday. No Monday Facebook Live, but the rest of the week we'll have it for you. We'll step aside for a timeout. Bold predictions on the other side of this break. This is the Buccaneers Sports Network.
2: Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets,
0: high-performance gas ranges, or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com.
2: The best decision ever.
0: Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson.
1: Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. This is the
2: Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank.
0: When I was your age, we were... This
2: is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this.
0: This is the Pepsi for American pastimes.
2: Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. for all your printing needs.
0: There is no way LeBron James leaves Cleveland again. I agree with Jarvis
2: Landry. I think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year.
0: How in the world can you not see that Big Baller brand is far superior to making the NBA than Puma? Now, rumors fly
2: a lot. Jason Witten is not going to Monday Night Football.
0: I mean, the Mike airs rumor that he's leaving? No way. I bet he's there until 2025. Terrell Owens has made a career off
2: jawing, running his mouth. Will he be in Chattanooga for his Hall of Fame induction? No chance. He'll be in Ken. Bold Bold Prediction.
0: Ah, oh, some of our best uh, bold prediction moments, right? That's, uh, we're over. There we are. Turn uh, me up. Some of our uh, best bold predictions ever. Okay, I want to, before we move on,
2: you made fun of Brandon Whedon. He is still in the league as the backup for the Cowboys, by the way. He's never going to have to go to Who Whedon's knew? Weed Whackers. <laughs> he's, still,
0: he's still got to do something after like football. I mean,
2: you no, know he doesn't. I mean, yeah, he's he going to have tens of millions of dollars. Gotta, now, how do you spend your time? That's one thing, but he doesn't have to work. I
0: mean, he have to work. does he have
2: tens of millions? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he was a first-round pick. back. That was before the restructure of the CBA. Where they're not getting as much now as first-round picks. Remember, they were guys were getting like yeah, $40 million I guess, signing yeah, bonuses. I guess, yeah. Plus, as, as baseball, I mean, he probably got, you know, a uh, second-round pick. Uh, at that time, yeah, about a million, million, million million dollars. A half, yeah. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, right, maybe Jacob. What do we got?
2: Jacob. Are you there? Hello. Oh, there you go. Okay, you're a little delayed. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. How are you all?
2: Well, uh, Jay didn't have any bold predictions coming into this segment, so I hope he figured, I'm them out.
0: figured them out. I'm what fine. I figured him out. What are the standings, Jacob?
1: Uh, you were both tied at 3-9, and nine, batting 250.
0: Jacob, you didn't get my text last night? That's, that's uh, you sent right. me nothing. That's, Your that's, phone doesn't that's work not, with texts anymore. That's fair. All right, what do we, who's going first? Why don't you go first? Me?
2: Okay. Uh, do I even have mine ready? Uh,
0: I don't have mine ready. You go ahead. I'm going to go a repeat of last year. I think the ETSU Bucks will have two receivers over 100 yards receiving. I'm going to go Harrison on a couple of long bombs and Ari Wartz. Those are my two.
2: Okay. Uh, Logan Marchie Now, here's, here's one thing. I'm going to go with the Logan Marchie prediction. But I want to pull out a stat that is very strange. He had negative 32 rushing yards in his career coming into ETSU. Then before last week, he had gained exactly 32 yards on the ground. And so he was at zero. And then he had 68 yards last week. So now, is it 68? No, technically not, because the yards gained and the yards lost are separate in college football. So the yards gained were 32. He's at 88 now uh, overall. But anyway, I thought it was, it was like Illuminati weird type stuff. Anyway, so Logan Marchi uh, is setting a career high in passing yards. He had 321 last year and also 356, the 356 against UConn, to 321 against East Carolina. One quarterback sets a career high last year. Another one does this year.
0: So that's the bold prediction. So we're both going pass happy, and I watched the Absolutely. Bucks run for about 250 yards, which is fine, too. <laughs> yeah, hey, that'd be, that'd be fine great. fine, too. All whatever,
2: right. whatever helps you win.
0: All right, so what's your uh, – did you do a college and approach? Oh, what you go with? Oh,
2: gosh, I wrote it down. I don't have it. What do you have?
0: I'm going to go for college. I'm going to take a team that hasn't won yet. The Purdue Boilermakers are taking on an undefeated Boston College team. It is in West Lafayette, but they are very healthy underdogs. I'm going with Purdue to upset – Boston College.
2: Okay, I have uh, – it's SoCon-related, if I'm remembering right. Uh, who plays Mercer this week? It's uh, – I haven't won a game yet. Uh, why can't I remember? Who plays Mercer? VMI? No, not VMI. Uh, I had it written down, and I left it back in studio. This is great radio. I've uh, Sanford – no, it's not Sanford. Mercer Sanford's a chat. Sanford's at chat. We know that. Samford I am not touching that, that game because that is going to be – that's a, probably the game of the weekend. The Citadel. In the SoCon. Yeah, Citadel, C- yes, Citadel, I have Citadel at Citadel. Mercer. Yep, They have not uh, won a game yet, but it's been two very tight games, pretty good competition. I have Citadel going down the road and beating Mercer.
0: Oh, that's a good one. I, and I was real close to trying to come up. I couldn't come up with something that was what would be bold for the Sanford chat game. Um, and I was I was trying to maybe go a statistic. I was looking at – I wanted to desperately do something with that game. Well, you were going to go
2: positive chat. We know that
0: that's that is very fair. Um was, that would
2: be bold though for you to go completely off script. Just to say chat wins. Chat is anything good. Yeah, I'm not yes.
0: doing that. No, no, I don't doing think that. so. no. no. Uh, uh so I so I went to the pros okay. and I'm going with um a road team to beat an undefeated. A winless road team. You see my theme here. I'm going a winless road team.
1: Do you want to get off the shed?
0: to go to a place that is undefeated and feeling good about themselves, so I'm taking Chucky and Johnny Gruden with the Oakland Raiders to go to Miami. Copied my picks. And Oh, you got no, that? No, I pick? don't have that this week. I had okay. it last week. All right. Well, that's what I got this week.
2: Well, I was wrong last week, so you're going to be wrong this week. Mine is on college. I don't want to get too much into the NFL on a week-to-week basis. It's hard to find ones that are real that have a true – Possibility of happening. I, th- I think the Raiders. Now, I think that's a good one because I think that Oakland's going to be better than people say. But it-, it can be tough with only sixteen games.
0: You also want another bold one, uh, just bonus one that's not going to count. Bold. Bonus bold. All four AFC West teams win.
2: Okay. Well, Chiefs are playing really good. Fo- that is actually a sneaky good the, division. The, the
0: the Chargers are at the Rams.
2: Wow. Well, that is. And bold.
0: Denver is at Baltimore, and Baltimore's Oakland here. is at Miami.
2: So that is super bold. Um.
0: If I, if you and again I'm just I'm just throwing it there I'm saying all four would have to happen not not uh, not for our, our our standings but that was a that was a little I can't it's, I, bold is bold but man trying to say four teams is a, a little difficult but I, I'm saying AFC West uh, a couple, and I think Denver's five six point underdogs in that uh, I think Oakland's really yeah. five yeah. the book. Baltimore's
2: Baltimore's awful yeah
0: something like that but anyways I. I'm I'm going. Uh, you're gonna go. You're gonna stick with the one Oklahoma. game. Oh, I'm saying with low. I mean, yeah, the little parlay I'm type
2: Oakland. thing. Yeah, that was that would be very very bold. Uh, I'm keeping it in college. Um, Kentucky is going to overwhelm Mississippi State at home. Mm, you know, that's there's a, a good one. There, there's a point when the rubber hits the road, or it does, not I think Mark Stoops is kind of at that point in Kentucky. He's got back-to-back seven-win seasons after the program hadn't had a winning season in forever, it seemed like. And I know there's not huge expectations at Kentucky about winning football games because they are such a basketball school with Calipari and all, but I think that Mark Stoops is going to get over the hump. They already avenged a tight loss to Florida from last year. Um, they had two games last year where they lost by one point to ranked teams. I think it was Florida and Northwestern. Otherwise, the two previous years before that, they had beaten a ranked team and then last year not having that ranked win. They already have a ranked win this year. They're 3-0. and Mississippi State crushed them last year by like 38 points. I think they avenged the one point loss, and now they avenge the 38 point loss. Is that too big of a jump for you?
0: It is not too. Big that's of a, a
2: jump, big jump, though. But that's not too to big One to thirty-eight. Jump. I like it, though. I think Kentucky. Uh, there, I don't. I don't want to see they're a force in the SEC because there's that top tier, and then there's everyone else, right? I'm not saying they're going to compete with. Uh, it's not. It's the not Auburns, the old days where you just Alabama's. chalk it up
0: as a win when you play them. That's no,
2: it. I did not the Auburns, not the Alabamas, not the draw all that. But I think that they are at that point where they can compete with the rest of the SEC. And Mississippi State's number fourteen in the country. Uh, I saw them as like eleven or twelve point underdogs, Kentucky. So the Wildcats, Randall Cobb, Randy Sanders, get it done.
0: I, I I'll tell you another good one. I I thought about doing, Uh, VMI, is that Western Carolina? I thought about that one. Tyree Adams, yeah, 200 yards passing over 100 yards rushing.
2: Is that that bold against VMI? I I think if you look across college
0: football, a guy going for 200, 100 still... That's probably not that bold. Again, it, I didn't make it my bold prediction. Didn't
2: Brad Smith at Missouri go 250 and 250 like three or four times in his career? That dude was an athlete. He made it in the league, too, for a little bit with the Jets as a receiver.
0: He could run a little bit. Oh, yeah. He could run. All right, there Still it is. Still undefeated. Sandus there the it is. Santos and the sidekick. That'll do it. Be-haw! Big thanks to Austin Herrick, Jacob Towns, and he'll grade us out on Monday, 730 kick time. You can watch it on ESPN3, but we encourage you to tune into the radio broadcast, 6 o'clock, is when we will start our pregame show coverage. 7.30 kick between the Paladins and the Bucks. ETSU looks approved to 3-1. Let's go And 2-0 in league play. Sandos and Sidekick, SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook Live. Don't forget to download and subscribe to RSS feed. We'll be back next week to recap ETSU and Furman. That's the next time we'll be with you on Sandos and the Sidekick.